I confess that even being married and having three amazing kids and being beaten and emotionally scarred, used for sex and cheated on, I was still able to find love and the best sex and a husband one could wish for. Yay! Congratulations. I confess, when I get drunk at a bar, I take my underwear off and put them in my boyfriend's pocket. You don't want to lose them. (laughs) I confess I have loud sex in hopes that my neighbors are motivated to compete with us. (laughs) Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it. Except at Bedpost Confessions, a storytelling show based in Austin, Texas. Whether the stories are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Oh boy, do we have a treat for you this month. Ebony Stewart is a staple on the Bedpost Confessions stage. She, as Marie Kondo would say, sparks joy. Ebony Stewart is an international touring poet and performance artist. Her work speaks to the Black experience with emphasis on gender, sexuality, womanhood, and race in order to remove shame, heal minds, encourage dialogue, and inspire folks in marginalized communities. As one of the most decorated poets in Texas, Ebony is a respected coach and mentor and a woman of the World Poetry Slam champion. She is the hashtag story of a black girl winning and will eat your cupcake. Here is Ebony reading, Jesus is my sugar daddy. One note before we hear the story. All Bedpost Confessions shows are made accessible to the deaf audience members by the fantastic interpreters from Soul Illumination. Though the interpreters are there to serve the deaf, they enthrall the entire crowd with their beautiful expressions of American Sign Language. If you hear a roar of laughter and don't understand why, the interpreter may have stolen the show for a minute. I come from a Christian family. The Christian family that religiously curses, gets divorces, drinks heavily, you know, regular God-fearing Christians. (laughs) As a kid, we go to Sunday school, sunrise, sunset, revival, and Bible study. In fact, I learned so much about Jesus that he became my sugar daddy. Oh, yes! At the ripe, masturbating, pubescent age of 10, Jesus was not only my Lord and Savior, but he was also my boo. (laughs) I remember it like it was yesterday. Picture it. Baytown, Texas, 1992. I'm 10 years old with a basic understanding of sex, but not really a good grasp of emotional or erotic feelings associated with sexuality. But I did know that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and God was Jesus. And Jesus had hair like wool, lightning eyes, booming voice, knew every hair on my head had folks bowing at his feet, didn't fear shit, could turn water into wine, (laughs) parted seats, (laughs) took five 
said, I'm just saying. So basically, my man is cutie over there with the baby hair. Pretty eyes, tall, dark, and handsome, exfoliated skin or whatever. With a very white voice, telepathic vibes, sensitive, considerate, could have any broad he wanted, but he chose me. Got muscles, be generous and frugal. (laughs) Bitch, oh my God, literally. (laughs) Now, what I can tell you is that I started masturbating at a young age. And none of that, I'm just touching myself for pleasure or comfort. No, I was having full-on orgasms. And nothing would make me climax more than thinking about Jesus' fine ass. (laughs) Don't make me laugh. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's really unfortunate how I came to this masterful life skill. (laughs) Like the tomboy I am, I was riding boy bikes with a group of boys. You know, boy bikes. With the, with the high bar instead of the no bar? Right, so I'm riding a bike designed by patriarchy. <clears throat> and I was trying to come to a quick stop, but the brakes were right here, right? Instead of right here, right, where your feet at. So in full survival mode, in order not to get hit by a car, I go full Flintstone, jump up, and come down directly onto the bar. Now... If you are a girl that this has ever happened to, you know that this pain shoots through the coochie, okay, travels to the stomach, and makes your heart throb through your butt, right? Right? And and it's kind of like it's kind of like you're being penetrated, right? And someone grab a magic wand and tries to put it in your butt, but the setting's too high, and you weren't ready, so you didn't get a chance to relax your clitoris or whatever. And then, but then your clitoris sees all this and tries to pull itself all the way up inside of your uterus, you know. Y'all don't know. Okay. Uh, that's okay. That's all right. Um, or it's like stomping your toe really hard. Cool, cool, cool. Got it. So anyway, my hymen is broken. (laughs) Don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh. I fall onto the ground holding myself, and all these boys are asking what's wrong, and one of them says, she broke her balls. Man, she broke her balls. (laughs) And I I still can't speak, but I start crying because I didn't even know I had balls, so they probably like out in the street. They probably got ran over by the car. Fuck. And one of my boy cousins says, hey, hey man, just, just don't try to talk. You know what I'm saying? Just, just try to walk it off. They all tell me to just rub on it when I get home. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the rubbing helped me find my pearl. Yes! Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary conforming friends, that is how I learned to flick the bean. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. I got really good at it. Uh, I'd hum songs to myself while I masturbated in bed. I'd be like, this little light of mine. 
<laughs> yes, see, you understand. Jesus. When I prayed, I'd be like, hey, boy. <laughs> How you doing? Mm. So one day at church service, this lady was overcome with the spirit. Okay, y'all been to church, you know, people get happy. You understand? And she kept crying and yelling, thank you, Lord. I love you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And I was like, bitch, which Jesus? <laughs> Better not be my Jesus. Okay, so anyway, when we got home later that day, I decided to confess my love for Jesus to my mom and grandma. Yes. I had watched Dirty Dancing for like six days straight. Plus Misery, Coming to America, and Urban Cowboy on repeat. Don't make me laugh. So I figured the conversation would go something like this, right? Like, like, <laughs> the conversation would start off with Jesus being Johnny, and Johnny slash Jesus would say, I don't see you fighting so hard telling daddy I'm your girl, your guy. And, and I'd be baby slash 10-year-old Ebony and say, I will tell them. And God will be like, I don't believe you, baby. And then I'd march into the living room, look my mom and them square in the face, and say, me and Jesus gonna have a baby named Misery. I'm gonna be the queen of Zumunda. I'm riding that bull. I don't care what you say. Now fix me something to eat. And I storm out. <laughs> Who raised your children? I don't know. <laughs> but what happened instead was um, I asked if they could help me tell the church that Jesus is my boyfriend and for everybody to stop saying his name all the time because I'm tired of this boy, it's mine. <laughs> and my grandma told me that my thoughts were sacrilegious. And I should thank the Lord for giving her the strength not to knock me into the middle of next week. <laughs> Fast forward um, to my ninth grade year in high school. There's this boy I like who likes me back named Roderick who's nothing like Jesus, but was sweet enough to ask if I wanted to do it with him. And I wasn't sure, so I said, hold on, let me go ask my cousin. <laughs> and I got up, went into the kitchen with my oldest cousin, who was left in charge when my grandma was out. And I said, Des, should I have sex with this boy I like? And she said, do you love him? And I said, mm-hmm, sure. And she was like, well, only if you love him, make sure he use a condom. Okay. Um, the whole sex talk looked like, took like 15 seconds, really. So, you know, you could be having these conversations with your kids. It's 15 seconds. <laughs> I went back into the room, got in the bed, pulled down my panties, and laid really still with my knees bent. Roderick, who already had his basketball shorts around his ankles when I walked back in the room holding his dick in his hands, got the thumbs up, slid the condom on, and proceeded to climb on top of me. I thought to myself, girl, you got this. It'll be okay. You know what? Okay, what? Sure. It's not Jesus. 
but it is. Amen. I felt a little pressure pushing underneath me. I wiggled my hips, took some deep breaths, thinking, here we go, okay. Here we go, yes. Just focus on your breathing, focus on your breathing, focus on your breathing, focus on your breathing. I had stayed up late enough times watching soft porn on Showtime to know that I gotta look sexy, I gotta arch my back, I gotta make sure my nipples are hard or whatever. I gotta toss my hair around, I gotta, I gotta relax my jaw, and if all else fails, make a sexy face. I felt him push a little more, and then he asked me if I was okay. And I was like, sexy face, sexy face, sexy face. Yeah. So he kept on thrusting and breathing. I could see his little skinny booty jiggling. But he was starting to sweat and make noises. He seemed really impressed with himself. But I was starting to get bored. Um, so I decided to go full on Frisian Lance of Desire, palpitating shutter thrill porn, making airy sounds and deep moans. <laughs> Okay, first of all, bitch, I've been a star for as long as I can remember. And if it was going to be my first time, I wanted to make sure to put on a performance of a lifetime. I'm talking People's Choice, Academy Awards, and Golden Globes, bitch. But, but then, um, but then I, I started getting lightheaded. Um, and my butt cheeks were experiencing a burning sensation. Uh, I had no point of reference for this part. So I decided to um, unarch my back, right? Give my neck a break, close my dry hinged mouth, and look down. Roderick was fucking the shit out of that mattress, okay? Um, He hadn't been inside me like the whole entire time. Like he hadn't. I was so mad, yo. Like, what is this? The fuck is this? You had one job, one. You had one job, one. Can't even do this shit, right? And here I am with some weird butt chafe and unpenetrated vagina. A wasted virgin performance, you understand? And right when I was about to say, you know what, I can't work like this. I felt a huge pop underneath me due to the working pumps of his little energizer butt. <laughs> Roderick jumps up in full horror and gasp, mortified that the condom broke from him, air quotes, dicking me down. When in reality, um, it was just a lot of friction and rubber, so <laughs> science. Roderick was worried that I might be pregnant. <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to tell him um, that he was never inside of me. Therefore, um, he shouldn't think of himself as my first. And um, I, I wasn't pregnant. But um, 
if humans and, and, and mattresses, you understand, could have babies, he'd definitely be the father. Like, he was in that. Right? No, instead, I just said, um, you know, still with my sexy face and voice and stuff. I was like, I'll let you know. Later on that night, I got down on my knees to pray like the Christian I still believed I could be, knowing that God was the cause of all of this. And I said, damn, Jesus. But why are you so jealous, though? <laughs> my name is Ebony Stewart, a.k.a. the Gully Princess, a.k.a. I eat your cupcake. Thank you so much. This episode is supported by Mary J. Smoke Culture, a modern cannabis experience. As a loyal Mary J. customer myself, I can tell you that CBD products have been a game changer for me. See ya, anxiety. The crew at Mary J. truly take the time to get to know you and your curiosities. It's a judgment-free zone to ask questions and find the product that will work best for you. Whether it's a muscle rub, bath bombs, CBD flower, or something to supplement your Netflix and chill, you can find them at Mary J. If you're in the Austin area, visit the shop located on South Amar. Also follow at Shop Mary J on Instagram and stay tuned for their online store. I confess I've had the biggest crush on Ebony Stewart for like six years. I mean, yeah, like who hasn't, man? It's true. I confess I'm still afraid of getting hurt again, but I'm feeling ready to let another person in. Yes. I confess I am a cishet man with a short sexual history who finds myself very turned on by my partner spanking me and promising me to beat me when I misbehave. Good for you. (laughs) I confess my husband and I had a three-way after a wedding with the pastor. (laughs) Hey, fucking men. Your confessions, folks. Your confessions. Keep confessing. Bedpost Confessions is recorded in front of a live audience at the North Door in Austin, Texas. To view upcoming show dates, submit your confession to us, or to snag an I Confess t-shirt, tote, or journal, visit bedpostconfessions.com. Follow at Bedpost Confessions on Instagram and Facebook for more anonymous audience confessions, snapshots of the Bedpost Confessions performers and their stories as they take over our Instagrams on Tuesdays, and links in our show notes. Bedpost Confessions is produced by myself, Miranda Wiley, and Sadie Smythe. Our podcast production team is Mariah Gossett, Mike Moody, and Permanent Records Studios. While secrets can be sexy, don't keep our show a secret. Share this podcast with your friends. If in Austin, bring them to the next show. We love newcomers, and it's amazing that after running this show for nine years, how many new faces keep appearing. Share the love and keep confessing, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>